Hello, this is Tyler Davidson, Vice President and Chief Content Director of Meetings Today, and we're here at the IAC America's um, Knowledge Exchange in beautiful Durham, North Carolina at the J.B. Duke Hotel, joined by the head of IAC CEO, Mark Cooper. Thanks for joining us, Mark. It's my absolute pleasure, Tyler. Glad you could join us for these sunny few days here in North Carolina, your hometown, right? Yeah, I dialed up the weather for you, just a special <laughs> favor. That's the power that you have. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, we just saw the copper skillet, another successful um, incarnation of that. So looking forward to see the winner there. Um, and just thought I would touch base with you on business at IAC and the conference center segment coming out of a, really a tumultuous time for the hospitality industry in general. The conference center was, was hit particularly hard, I think, um, during that time. Maybe you can kind of expand on that, and then where we're at, where you're at, uh, where the segment is at right now, how it may have changed, um, you know, for the future, and, and uh, what's what's the current prognosis? Well, I'm not going to talk much about how we were hit, except that we were hit and slammed hard. But in a positive vein, um, we have rebounded just as quickly as that tap was turned off, it turned back on again. And what we've seen is what we hope we'd see, which is this whole impact of decentralization of workforces globally has meant that there is a desire to come back live uh, in smaller events, meetings, leadership groups, um, you know, creative sessions, just all those opportunities that don't take place now because of that decentralization has fed through into the market that operates in our space, which is the small to mid-size conferences and meetings areas. So um, yeah, it's been frenetic. Um, when you bounce back quickly, in some regards that's a dream, in others is that we have to staff back up and for IAC I think you know, the, the uh, opportunities that we take in to the coming months and years is really how we're going to handle um, just a huge change in the workforce and particularly um, how we build up the skills of leaders um, very quickly. So it's one thing to have lost some of the knowledge in the industry um, and to bring in new ideas and you know which is great but you know what has to wrap itself around all of that change from an employee perspective or workforce or work practice perspective is we need great leaders to support those changing environments otherwise we lose um, the people that we either have retained really mm -hmm. well over the last few years and we need to recharge um, or we lose those that come in from outside of the industry see it don't feel they've got the leadership support and move on again so um, now we've stopped drinking from the fire hose um, but we start building effective and creative teams as we learn from our keynote speaker today you know it's one thing to think you're creative or to ask questions that you know um, encourage creativity it's quite another thing to do that effectively um, so uh, that's our goal and that I think is what not only I act conference venues have to uh, have to focus on but everyone that's involved in the meetings industry yeah and I, I noted and noted in one of the sessions that someone asked the participants how many of you have hired someone in the last six months that has had no experience at all in the meetings industry and half the room raised their hand so you know I'm sure with in all the other segments it's the same story there's a, a lot we have to do to bring those people along 
And then I guess conversely, as you mentioned, conference centers serve a really unique and valuable part of the market where, um, you know, they are very adept at small meetings with a lot of personal touch involved. So you're seeing a lot of these probably companies are, are utilizing them close by the conferences for that purpose? Undoubtedly. I think I think it's beyond doubt now that, you know, you've got large global events have been, you know, have, have changed to maybe more than one global event or, or global events have become national events, national events have become regional events, you know, and we've gone from larger numbers to smaller numbers and that funnel all comes down to the fact that, you know, despite the fact that it's about meeting more often, because we're not meeting the workplace or whether it's the impact of the increased travel. Most people who have come to this conference today probably a year ago would have paid 30% less for their airfare, Mm -hmm. wherever they come from, across the US or internationally. So you've got the waves of, um, you know, that are are affecting this change, which are not just about, you know, coming out of a pandemic. Um, They're also, you know, there from a social perspective, they're from a, you know, mindfulness perspective and from a building leadership perspective. So undoubtedly, what our members are saying is that they're seeing companies that didn't meet before meeting they're seeing meeting titles that didn't exist before and all of this leads to us adapting to you know the newness which i think overall is incredibly positive for our industry because um, we are here to replace the conversation over the water cooler and even um, you know taking part in the, the networking um, opening reception, there seemed like a lot of new blood in the industry, a lot of younger yeah. people. I don't know, yeah. maybe it's because I'm getting older. Uh, <laughs> um, no, <laughs> undoubtedly, um, there, there are a lot of familiar faces, but there's even more people who have come to the conference here. I think around 40 percent. Yeah. first-time attendees really uh, and I would hazard a guess although I haven't done any calculations with the team um, that the average age of attendees have gone down there there is a word out there there is a, a, a data point out there where we say that actually um, the average age of meeting professionals in the industry mm-hmm. has decreased by nine years I don't know if you've you've heard that that statistic as well um, and I think it probably pans out in terms of our, you know, the attendees at IX conference this week. Um, but also we have to think about that, that, you know, once that average age has come down, potentially as well, we've lost nine years on average yeah. of intelligence, of knowledge. And, and any meeting and conference focused venue, wherever it is in the world, one of its uh, USPs is the fact that it's got staff that are focused on meetings and delivering those at a high level and knowledge. In a, you know, in order to do that, is a significant part of it. So again, the future's bright, but um, we've got to give each other the tools and the, you know, the ability to to build the skill sets and the knowledge back up to be close to support. That, that must really excite you because you know you've. Uh, how long have you been the CEO now? Oh, well, we're just over 10 years. Over 10, and and so, yeah. I know when you, when you came into it, um, there was a lot of really legacy people that founded this association. Yes, there was. And now there's like all these younger people coming into it. It really presents you with an opportunity to recast the whole association and tune up the, the message um, of you, you want to communicate um, about what it stands for. Do you know, I think 
Tyler, yes, you're right. But in an, you know, in the same breath, I would say that those, you know, that founding fathers of IAC back in 1981 are still here through their the generations of, of their family and workforce. So you still you've got Paul Dolce here, who's Andy Dolce's son, who founded IAC. You've got the Benchmark Pyramid team here, which go back to Bert Cabanas and him building that up, and then Alex Cabanas. So I don't think we've lost that history. Um, and I certainly feel that in the last 10 years that it's been an association that hasn't been afraid of taking risks. Um, and we've continued to take risks, but we've maybe been given a bit more um, uh, freedom to take those risks even more than before in the last three years because we've got to take a chance, right? And that's what we all continue to do. And just in general, I mean, you communicate closely with all the other heads of uh, meetings, industry associations. What is the prognosis? I'm sure you're privy to all the, the important numbers about uh, the recovery. And from what I can tell, people are very bullish uh, about everything even surpassing 2019 levels. I believe there's a shared uh, pos- sense of positivity. Uh, however, within those CEOs of associations around the world i think you know alongside that positivity there is also realization that you know from a climate perspective there is there is something on the horizon that we know is going to have a major impact whether it's it by 2030 or by 2050 or you know some of the big goals that have been set against our industry um i think there is also shared concern that um, we're not moving fast enough to get ahead of it so so i i wouldn't be a storyteller for 100% positivity. I'd, I'd rather be in the position we're in now yeah. than we were a year or two ago. Um, but I do think that we've got to invest some of that positivity into action. Um, and we've certainly been hearing that this week with the likes of you know, Jesse Stace, Tracy Stuckrath, um, uh, Marissa uh, Mollison from Aramark, who's head of sustainability. Yeah. These guys are passionate about change and action. Um, and so, yeah, I, I want to make sure that we really do have our eyes wide open and, and set some meaningful goals. Because, you know, I did, I did a podcast with, I think it's John Reese with uh, Excel London, and yes. he's very bullish, I mean, as, as many Europeans are, on make, you know, on pushing sustainability and, and, the, and its importance. And somehow I think uh, the message is not quite, uh, become as uh, acute in the U.S. You represent. You have a lot of European members. What is this? What is the view over there? And what do you kind of take as the view here? And do you see it progressing here to recognize the importance of climate change? Well, Tyler, first of all, I thank you for asking me one of those really tricky questions. <laughs> as I sit here representing both, you know, all parts of the world, um, I think it's too uh, simplistic to draw conclusions between one continent and another. And I think if you look at even a, a company level, um, you are, so I'm seeing, I'm seeing things as being less simplistic. I think, I think 10 years ago, I probably could draw a parallel between the Americas and Europe um, very easily. But now I see the differences actually at organizational level. And yeah. the example I'll give you is at MPI's event in Brighton, UK last weekend. It was a Hilton property. Um, and that leadership team told me that every Hilton property, as a brand promise, offer up a meeting CO2 calculation for every RFP, um, you know, whether the client asks for it or not. Now, I can't say that I would see that across all of the large brands, 
hopefully I'm wrong. So I think you know the the difference exists not just from a cultural or a country perspective, um, but actually now at an organisational level. Um, and I think there's improvements to be made in all parts of the world. Um, the bar is low. Have I fudged a question? No, I, 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 you, I, you know, I gave you a tricky one, so let's end it with a big softball right, right in the middle of the plate, uh, like American baseball. Uh, you know, explain to meeting planners what is a conference center and why is the product different than just going to your run-of-the-mill hotel to have your meeting. It's very difficult uh, to tell that by a picture, um, but in principle. Uh, a meetings focused property for a, you know, for a meeting conference or training course is going to be one of those where um, it really has invested in the meetings uh, memory, the meetings experience, um, both physically and also staff wise. So, you know, when you go to the website, it's the first thing you see on the home page, a picture of a wedding or a banquet or you know or do you have to navigate two or three pages in before oh there's the meeting product you know these are the sort of giveaways but you know talking to the team talk to the leadership team you know it's a general manager uh, the leadership team you know come from a strong uh, meetings background uh, or not you know and and if they're not if meetings are just you know one ballroom and two small boardrooms then the percentage of their income derived from this industry is very low so they don't have to be specialists in that area flip it to a venue like jb duke where we are now here in north carolina um, a significant portion of their revenue and their success comes from creating not just great meetings but over and over again for returning clients and they're the ones that have to invest principally in this part of you know the overall experience and it doesn't mean that they forget guest room quality it doesn't mean they forget leisure quality you know but it just means that the team the investment the capital is focused on the spaces um, and you know you should get if you go as a meeting professional and have a site inspection but feel like you're the most qualified person in the room when you meet with the staff there's another telltale sign that maybe you know, it, it, you're not in the safest hands. If you're feeling like you're educating the venue team, that's not an IAP facility, um, and maybe you should come find one of ours. Well, excellent. Thank you for joining us, Mark. It's my pleasure. Thank you for being with us this week, and again, thank you for the sun and the Southern <laughs> Calif uh, Carolina's hospitality. Oh, it's been you incredible. got it. It's, it's been very nice uh, reconnecting with old friends and uh, making some new friends here. So. Thank you, Tyler. And that was Mark Cooper, CEO of IAC. Um, we are here at IAC America's Knowledge Exchange in uh, beautiful Durham, North Carolina. I'm Tyler Davidson, Vice President and Chief Content Director for Meetings Today. Thanks for joining us for this Meetings Today podcast. If you're interested in other podcasts, um, just head on over to meetingstoday.com. Check out our podcast section for lots of interviews with other meetings industry thought leaders. Um, thank you for joining us. And no matter what you're up to with the rest of the day, go out and make it a great one.